0: just want to be remembered before the Lord this morning there's hands everywhere in this building my hands are up Lord Jesus we come before you today and we are here all at our place at our place of duty father there's a part of this service that we can take care of we can present ourselves we can place our heart and sing the songs and read the scriptures but, Lord, there's another part that only you can come and make real. And we're asking this morning, Father, that you would come and you would give us strength for the journey. That way you would open up, Lord, in this dark world that we face. Lord, with spirits, with all oh, the, the things we never would have realized could come on the earth. But, Father, we're here in the midst of this Laodicean darkness. Oh, shine your light on us today, oh God. You know what's wrong in our lives. You can make it right. You know what's needed in our families. You know what's needed in our bodies. You know what's needed in our spirits, in our souls. God, you can make all these things right. We ask your anointing this morning. We'd ask also, Lord, the blood of Jesus would be our protection, our cleansing. Forgive us, Lord, where we failed you. There's not one of us that's righteous, only you, Lord. And we desire that you'd look at us through the blood. Take this service this morning. Take your vessels. Lord, hearer, speaker, I pray you'd use it and that you would be glorified. Bless us as we read the word now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll invite you to go to Matthew chapter 13. I thank you to the mission, the musicians. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he begins to speak to them parables regarding the kingdom of God. And he starts with the the sower who sows uh, wheat into the ground, he then gives the parable of the wheat and the tares. Then he gives the parable of the grain of mustard seed. He gives the parable of the leaven that's sown into the bread. He gives the parable of the treasure in the field and the pearl of great price. And then we're going to go down to the last one. And these, these are all speaking of the coming of the kingdom of God. So in verse 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which, when it was full, they drew it to the shore and they sat down, and they gathered the good into vessels, but, the, the, but cast the bad away. So Jesus gives this parable. I imagine maybe he was at the seashore when he was telling this, but he likens this and says, So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus saith unto them, have you understood all these things? They say unto him, yea, Lord. Then said he unto him, therefore, every scribe which is instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. And it came to pass when Jesus finished these parables, he departed thence. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'm going to be using a number of scriptures today So, if you have your Bible and you'd like to keep them handy, you can. We'll try to show them on the screen as well. Um, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13. Go to verse 9. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but then when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known." And I took this scripture two weeks ago, we spoke a service on, I, I knew a man, I once knew a man, but now I am known by another, and I had I, taken that with the thought of doing a follow-up service, so this will be the follow-up. I'm going to ask you just to turn also to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, oh sorry, 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter, sorry. Second Peter did I what did I give you Second Peter chapter 1 Ethan I'm sorry Second Peter chapter 1 verse 19 We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. If I did something wrong in, there, in my reading, it was 2 Peter 2 verse 19, 1 verse 19, so I apologize. Looking forward to the services today and the time in the presence of the Lord. Tonight we have Brother Max ministering for us and uh, praying for the service this morning. So that'll go a certain way. It's been a little while since we heard Brother Max. He spoke a young people's service that was a blessing just several weeks back, and we're looking for the Lord to use them tonight. This morning, I want to just take it maybe in a way that's a little bit more reflective. It won't be as much of a it'll be a preaching. it'll be into some instruction, some things to help establish our hearts, some principles of God's word. We're living in a world that's falling apart. We're living in a world when there is pressures on every one of us. And there are mind battles that are on us. And we we need to be built up in God's word. So I want to be able to to just take that a little bit and um, and, and just follow through. And you know that we live in such a shifting world this last week as I looked at the headlines that were there and the daily headlines, there was a Coup in the country of Peru. There was an uprising in Germany. There's things in Russia. There's there's laws being passed in the USA. If we would have heard these things years ago, some of the laws that are being passed that are now federally putting into law the things regarding um, uh, gay marriages, regarding even interracial marriages, and 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 there there it's just coming more and more. If, if we could see all the things that are working right now coming to a head against the bride of Jesus Christ, we also need to be prepared. And so we want to look at that a little bit this morning. So my subject this morning will be the true kingdom coming into view. And I'm, I'm going to just use a few scriptures. I'll just go right into it and move along. When Jesus taught us in, in Matthew chapter 6 on, on, a, on a manner in which we should pray and how we should look at things, you know, and, and we would start and he'd, he'd say, you know, our Father which in heaven, that art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The next things are, thy kingdom come. Amen. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So God had something in his mind that he wants translated to the earth. And so we want to catch the mind of God. It won't be like the kingdoms that we see around us. But it will be what God wants. And I believe we're living in a time when God is making these things known to us. He would also say in the Lord's Prayer, as, we, as you conclude the Lord's Prayer. But he would say, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and he says, and the power and the glory forever, amen. So where we live right now is the negative, but there is a positive coming into view. So the negative, we can't judge by what we see in the negative. We can look at our lives, we can look at the failures, we can look at our humanity, we can look at our stumblings, but you also need to look at what's inside. What what burns in your heart when you open the message? What causes you to say, Lord, I want to hear from you this morning? There's something that's real that we can't see, but yet it's pulling us. It's leading us. Just give me a a little bit more volume there, brothers, if you wouldn't mind. I, I just want to keep my voice. Let's go to Daniel chapter 12. I want to just pick this up first of all here, if we can. Daniel chapter 12. <coughs> and we're familiar with this, but, but Daniel, who had a vision, he had an image that he saw which had a head of gold, which had a, a, a breastplate of silver, a thigh of brass and then feet of iron right down to the toes, which were mixed with, with um, clay and iron. But it was at the time of the fulfillment of this that it, it, it would be a rock that would come and, and would destroy that. So in Daniel chapter, um, what did I say, Daniel chapter 12, if we can turn to verse 40. You're all there and I'm not there. I didn't have this marked, so if I've, I've missed a couple of things. I was inserting some things at the last minute here. So, Daniel chapter 12, verse 40. And this is the fulfillment of of the vision that was there, and and Daniel now is is telling the vision to to everyone that that is there, and he's telling the fulfillment of it. So, I'm not uh, not there. You're all there, and I didn't have it marked. If you can put it up, Ethan, if you're there. And I didn't give that to him either, so just, just stay with me. But Daniel chapter 12, verse 40, at that time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. The king of the north shall come in a whirlwind and chariots with horsemen and with, with ships and he shall, did I say 12? I think it's, it's 11. My goodness. You know, all these things are being, are happening that you may know that God is in control, yeah. even if Brother Ed isn't. My goodness. Okay. At that time, and so he'll come and with with ships, and he shall enter in the country, shall overflow and pass over. Next, please, verse 41. And he shall enter into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom. You know what I think I did? I think it's Daniel chapter 2. I'm sorry. My goodness. Daniel chapter 2 is what it is. Okay, how about we sing a song or something here? (laughs) My, my, my. Thank you. I think I had two written down, and there was just a one in front. It looked like a 12, I think. So that's Daniel chapter, yeah. Is it Daniel chapter 2? Yeah, it should be. Yeah, there we are. Okay. The fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, for as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all these as iron that breaks all these, it shall break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes, part of potter's clay, part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but it shall be in the it the strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. This is now the fulfillment. The toes of the feet were a part of iron, part of clay. So the kingdom, this is the fulfillment of the kingdom that started in Babylon. So it was the kingdom that, that, that became... It was Nebuchadnezzar and then the subsequent kings. And then it became spiritual, became Rome that would go over all the earth right down to this present day. So the toes, the feet were part of iron, part of clay. The kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of man. They shall not cleave to one another even as iron is not mixed with clay. And then he says, and in the days of these kings... Where are we living at? Now, I don't know if you'll find anywhere in any movement, any religious scholar that will be able to pick out what happened when Khrushchev picked up his, his, his shoe at, at a meeting with Eisenhower and he banged it on the table. But a, a prophet who had the eyes of God said, this is the time of Daniel that is prophesied. Khrushchev, meaning clay, Eisenhower, meaning iron. And that's what those names were. Now, who would have thought that? Who would have known that? But God knows that. And we can stand here and say, Now, in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. So no matter what it looks like. Listen, we've had, we had maybe impending fear. I grew up in the area of Communism and the fear of communism and the Cold War and, and all that was there, and it was feared, and 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 people would disappear, you know, and, and such. And 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 we would have had that even regarding Russia and their nuclear capability, but they are just a tool in the hand of God. They're not the ones that you fear. And Brother Bannon would tell us: fear Romanism, yeah, right. not communism. Yeah, right. And you look at Communism in the eyes of the world looks a lot weaker after a year-long war in Ukraine that, that they thought would be a few days. But the point is, God is setting up a kingdom, and it shall not be left to another people. In other words, we are the people of this kingdom, and it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands, it brake in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold. The great God that hath made known to the king shall come. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass hereafter. The dream is certain. The interpretation thereof is sure. If it was sure when Daniel dreamed it, it's that much more sure Today. Friends, when we, when we look at things, we can't look at what we read in the headlines. We've got to look at what God said, and we've got to be convinced. So no matter what it looks like, I'll stand with what God said. Yes. Hebrews chapter 12. Okay, I think I got this one right. Hebrews 12, we're going to pick this up in verse 25. See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not, who refused him that spake on earth, how much more shall we escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice has then shook the earth, but now he is promising, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven." So he said, and this word yet once more signifying the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So the kingdom that we are, we are receiving and we are the people that are receiving it though we are not in full power yet but God is setting up a kingdom and he's starting in the hearts of his people. I'm going to bring this a little further. Verse 28, wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Oh my, I shall not be be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now, I've been listening a little bit this last week to the message, the, the world is falling apart. And this is one in 1963, and it's the one that was spoken of in December. So, Brother Branham was using this as a Christmas message of sorts. But he was talking about how the world was, at the time of Jesus, falling apart. And what the world needed was Jesus. And I say, the world is again falling apart and that's what Brother Random entitled it. The world is again falling apart and what they need is what we are receiving right now. So I want to take this and I want to I take this on a couple of levels. And, and I, I want to say we could major on what's happening in the world, but we want to take it at the level that we are at. So I want you to think about the message that we have received Many of us have been here, we have heard it, we have known it, I'm not preaching anything new, and what we don't want to do is just to take it, yeah, I know it, I understand it, and just superficially, because we are closer than ever before. And I don't want to just take it with a degree of complacency, but I want to take it with the fervency. And Brother Branham would actually speak in the message, what house will you build me? He he says, I I see, and this is the prophet saying, I see a decline, I see that it's not what it should be amongst my brethren, he says, and he says, and he says, the message ought to be the flame of the hour. And he said, we need to pack it. He says, the Spirit has to pack the message. Yeah. So it can't be just us taking it systematically. It can't be us just taking it as an order or as a system. But it has to be God, the Spirit of God making it real. So I want to I want to go into this level with where we're at. And I ask the question, you know, if I asked in this room, what is the message? You'd, you'd get a lot of answers. Of what is the message? How do you, let me ask you this: how do we view the message now in 2022 going into 2023? Because I, we could take it and we could say. Well, you know, we we can build it up to a point and we can say, this is the message where the last of the seven stars was released. This is the four anointings, and now we're under the eagle anointing. This is what God had known in the back part of his mind. This is the bride that's coming, and all of these things are true. But the devil also knows that that's what it is, and he is doing everything he can to discredit that. So then sometimes we have built up this picture, this ideology. Well, if we're there, how come there's all these troubles in the message? How come there's these doctrines? And how come there's these camps? And how come there's these heresies? And how come there's people walking away? How come there's more things posted on the internet against the message than for the message? Because the kingdom is coming into view. Brother Bannon would say this, and I'll I'll say it, because Satan's desire is to attack us and to undermine confidence. Listen, if John the Baptist would, would within a few months of being put in jail, have to send disciples to Jesus and say, "Is, is he really the one? If John's eagle eye could get filmed over, so can ours get filmed over. And, and not to say we don't believe the message, but that we just begin to not have the absolute part of it. I'll tell you what, it, 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 it's not on the flesh, because you look on the outside, it's not even in our spirit realm. But it has to be in our soul. I'll tell you what, when the, when the guns are blazing and, and when the ship is rocking and, and you, you there's times you wonder, but I'll tell you what, there's something that just comes back to an absolute. There's a brother here in our midst today and uh, he, there, there's been a man who, well there's been a group that's rise up with what's called the Believe the Sign website. And a brother came here and he met that brother and he says, I just want to say thank you. For all that you've done in in even these last few years with your website, you want to thank me. But you're still in the message church. Yeah, he says, yeah, when I started digging into it, I am more convinced than ever of what I believe. And you caused it. Because otherwise I may not have dug down. And he goes, well no, no, you need to. No, no. No, no, no thanks. Thank you. You did a good job. I am more convinced than ever. These things must be Brother Branham says in Victory Day, it seems like the Christian life, if the fellow is not absolutely centered on Christ, the Christian life, it seems like, holds so many disappointments. But those disappointments are God's divine will happening for us. It, now, it doesn't seem like it would do that or be that, but it's God's way of doing things. He lets us hit the river to see what we'll do. So I, 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 I'm thankful that, that God has these things for us. Now, we could also paint a picture of all the negative parts of the message. And, and, and sometimes we do and we say, if, if this is the message, where, where, why am I even here? And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He'll do that with the message. He'll do that with the church, individual churches, and say, well if this is the church of God, then why this, and why this, and why that? And then he's got us exactly where he wants us. But we need to be steadfast and sure. Now I'm gonna gonna take this out of the Bible a little bit here today, and I, I wanna take some types and shadows because we are going from the negative to the positive. In the seventh seal, Brother Branham would say this. The kingdom of God is coming. It's becoming more from the negative to the positive as as it has been. That ought not to choke people from justification to sanctification to baptism of the Holy Ghost. From here, we're drawing closer to God all the time. Now, we don't see that with our natural eyes, but it's happening I want to read this. This is out of Revelation chapter 4, the the message. And he says, now don't forget this. God has promised great shakings and great mighty works. Write this on your notes. What man calls mighty and foolish, mighty and great, God calls foolish. What man calls foolish, God calls great. Great. Now don't forget that, see? Don't forget that. That will help you in the years to come. And he says, because we're looking for something greater all the time. And we're receiving greater all the time. Because the people of the world don't know it. They didn't know it in the days of Noah or the days of John or the days of Jesus or the days of the apostles or the days of Irenaeus and if I could add in neither in the days of the seventh angel's message. Yeah. <coughs> Brother Branham when he looked at his life story and he was a prophet who was disappointed and 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 he's driving down the highway and he's coming from Alaska and he's going down and he's driving through through Idaho And God tells him to look at this mountain range. And there were seven peaks in the range. And he said after a couple, there was the first peak that was high. And then it dropped down. And there was another peak that was high. And then the third peak, even though it was the greatest, it was not as high as the other two. But he said that was first pull, second pull, third pull. So now that was a prophet's life written in before the foundation of the earth, God knew it would be there. He knew we, we, we would be here. Now, today I'm going to use some shadows and types because I feel like that actually builds us up. God knew exactly where we're at today. I feel like singing, he's got it all in control. He has it all in control. And I say this now, uh, in, in, and I'm, I'm reading this from the anointed ones at the end time. All the old things happen for examples, for teachings, for reproofs, for admonitions. All these old things, he says, he said they were a shadow, the negative, and as you move your hand towards the positive, towards the negative, it's got to come out positive. So he's he's saying that in the anointed ones. He also will say, when a shadow comes across the floor, if I, if I had, if the light, from there, and there was a shadow, the farther I'm away from the light, the less definitive it is. But as the closer I bring the, my, my, my hand to the light, the more definitive the shadow becomes, until they become one. Yes. And friends, that's where we are. We're looking at shadows, we're looking at types, and they, they must be. In one place, Brother Ram said, if the shadows don't fail... Uh, The types and the shadows don't fail. How much more the real? So that's where we want to look. I'm going to take two scriptures. So I'm going to go back to to Revelations chapter 5. Or forward to Revelations 5. And I, I want you to think, before the book of Revelation was ever written, God also had Genesis written. He also had what he told Moses written. He also, everything that happened, the prophets were uh, as an example of what was going to come. So I want to take this, Revelations chapter 5. This is part of what Brother Branham would say was the most sublime scripture in all of the Bible. He calls it the most sublime. That's the words. And let's read from verse 4. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. Now, notice the terminology, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Doesn't say Israel, but pulls out Judah. And then also says the root of David. Now, the root of David was, David was a king that God had in his mind, and David was the one that God had known all along, but he was going to be there to portray Christ, the real king. So keep that in your mind. I want to just go back now to Genesis 49, and we're just going to now just go into some scriptures and things, so I just ask you stay with me, and this may not all open up at once, but I, and it may be scriptures you're familiar with, but I want to look at types and shadows because we are moving from a negative to a positive. So Genesis 49, this is when Jacob, let's read verse 1, and Jacob called his sons. I said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. So this is a type of what God's doing. This is Abraham's seed coming down from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to 12 sons. Gather yourselves together, you sons of Jacob, hearken unto Israel your father, Reuben Thou art my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strengths, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of power, unstable as water, ye, you shall not excel. Why? Because he took one of his, conc- conc- his father's concubines. Because you went up to your father's bed, you defiled it, thou it, you went up to the couch. So now, these are very brutal assessments of the, of the carnal part of these men. Now you can go over to Deuteronomy chapter 33 where Moses now gives a blessing, but now Moses is not looking at the natural part so much, but he's looking at the promised part. So now, next is Simeon and Levi, our brethren, instruments of cruelty in their habitations. So, oh my soul, come not into their come not thou into their secret unto their assembly mine honor be thou not united in other words you can't trust these guys they're instruments of cruelty and he says for in their anger they slew a man and in their self will they dig down a wall who did they sl- they they it was when they were in Shesham that they went and they 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 took out vengeance a thousand for one not one for one, a thousand for one, or whatever it was, a hundred for one. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob. So, And then it comes down to Judah. Now, I want you to notice the first four sons of Jacob, they were actually the, ch- the children of Leah. They were the children, Leah, who was not the one that Jacob was after, but it's the one he got first thanks to his father-in-law, who was, God had there because he knew what Jacob was, and he knew that Jacob needed a Laban. And so he, got, so he got Leah. But in God's order, he blessed Leah with children. So the first four, one, two, three, four. And the fourth was Judah. Now you can look at the Bible, and you can look at how God had promised for not the first or second or third, but for the fourth generation, and how God had promises that, that would go down, and you can read this in different places. But there's also a promise for every age, how in the first age, the second age, the, uh, sorry, in every age, every generation, the first, second, third, fourth, but it's the fourth generation that often receives the promises, and this is where we're coming to in the message. So now Jacob is going and he's he's just tearing a strip out of Reuben. He's tearing a strip out of Levi and out of, out of uh, uh, Simeon. And now he comes down to Judah. And Judah, listen, let's just be honest about Judah. He went and he got a harlot at the well. Judah went and did other things. But look at how now he addresses Judah. And he says... Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Now he's saying what God is already thinking in heaven. God already has in his mind that through Judah will come a lineage that I'm going to watch over. So he's saying, Judah, thou art he whom my brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. Thou art from the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He, crouched, he couched as a lion. And as an old lion, who shall rouse him? Now he goes and says this in verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. In other words, the scepter was with what the king ruled. So, in other words, the king would come out of Judah. This is God's mind. This is God's determination. This wasn't a political move. This is what God predestinated. And he says nor a lawgiver from beneath his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. What's he projecting? Christ. What's the lineage that God watched over? He watched over Judah. There's a bloodline. I may not get to that fully today, but we'll follow it into next week. He says, Binding his foal unto the vine, his asses coal unto the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine, his clothes in the blood of grapes, his eyes shall be red with wine, his teeth white with milk. So I won't get into all of that today. So now I want us to go, and I, I want you to think for a moment a couple of things. When, when God put man on earth, he put Adam on earth, Adam was the God of the earth, This was God's kingdom on earth. As God had a kingdom in heaven, he had a kingdom exhibit on earth. And Adam was the ruler. And whatever whatever God thought was in heaven was made real by Adam. Adam had control over nature. Adam had control over the animals. Adam even knew what the animals were by name. And he named them all. And the Bible would say when Adam named all the animals, that was the name. In other words, he had God's heart, he had God's mind. This was the kingdom in its fullness. And also it was with a a, a bride inside of Adam that would come to him. This was God's will, and out of this was to come forth the rest of the kingdom, including you and I. But then Satan came in, and the whole thing fell into a negative. But God never stopped building his kingdom. So now the kingdom God's going to build. Now, watch, let's watch how he builds it. So he tells Moses. He says, Moses, I'm going I'm I'm to just not read all scriptures in this. Moses, I want you to build a tabernacle on earth, but I want you to look in heaven here. This is how it is up here. Now I want you to build that on earth. So when, when, when Moses went on earth, he built a tabernacle. It had an outer court. It had an inner court. It had a holy place. It had an order to it, but everything Moses did was what he had already seen in heaven. And then he also had in his mind about a lineage, a a priesthood that would, would serve under that. And he also had in his mind about a king. And he had in mind all of these things. Now it had to be expressed on earth. But remember, this is the fall. So it has to start from the bottom. And and, and like a pyramid, it starts wide at the bottom. But it keeps building up till it comes to the peak. And as you come closer to the peak, things get weeded down. So now, if you think about Israel, and you think about Israel as a whole, that was 12 tribes, and out of 12 tribes, Judah was one of the tribes. So, so now, God saw all of Israel, but he had his eye on Judah. Now, I, I, I need to, to put this in a couple, of, a couple of ways, because we talked, we took the scripture this morning out of Matthew chapter 13, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that took a net And he gathered all these things together in the net. And in the net, there was all kinds of things. It says, if you go into the different places, it would talk about, there was like different little urchins. There was all kinds of other things. But really, God was looking for the fish. And he says, now everything got caught in the net, but at the end, it had to be separated. So, God is saying, I'm going to build this kingdom. All of these things are going to come with it. In other words, all of Israel is going to be a part of this kingdom, but there's something I'm watching, which is Judah. God also had in his mind a bride. Now out of the bride, there would be a bride that would be the predestinated part that would never ever be lost. Their names were written in the Lamb's book of life. But associated with that would also be whosoever will. Would also be whosoever want to come. And there would be a gathering, both good and bad. Now I'm going to read a couple of quotations because I I just want to make this Real a little bit if I can. So Brother Random would, would say this in the message. <coughs> this is in uh, Israel and the church. Now, he says the called out of God is elected. He said the kingdom is like a man that went and cast a net in the sea. He had crawfish, mud turtles, snappers, serpents, lizards, frogs, scavenger fish, and real fish. And he says Now, the only thing the minister is doing is saying with the gospel net. Now, many is caught in the gospel of net, but the nature of what is caught, let it lay there for a while. If he's a frog, he'll jump away. If he's a turtle, it won't be a few minutes till he says, there's nothing in this anyhow, and right back to the mud hole he goes. And a crawfish will say, well, I tell you, it seemed all right, but I don't know. You see, he's a crawfish to begin with. You can't make more out of him. So if you're looking at the message, lots of things have gathered around the message. Now, Christ never died just to let people have sympathy for him. God doesn't run his office like that. Well, I'll die, and maybe they'll feel sorry for me and come. No. Christ died to call the elected, the body elected for the foundation of the world and them alone. But we're, we're in the negative part, coming to the positive. Now I'll, I'll read this also. Somebody said to me the other day, well what about it then? If God has predestinated, what's the use of preaching? <laughs> They're just going to come anyway. He says, I said, that's my business and yours as ministers. It's God's business to do the separating. So the kingdom of heaven he says. He said, we're preachers. He said, this is fish and this. He said, it's not our business as preachers to say, this is fish and this is that. We just pull the gospel net. And then it isn't long when you see a revival go on, many people are saved and praise the Lord. Some of these are fish and some are turtles. It isn't very long you say, well, I don't believe there was anything to it after all. Okay? Now, having all of these thoughts in mind, let's go to a scripture and we'll start reading in 1 Samuel 22. Now, think about Israel, 1 Samuel 22 as you're turning to it. Think about Israel for a moment. Israel, the greatest mistakes they ever made. I, I would say number one, at Kadesh Barnea. When they wouldn't take what God had promised them. The next greatest mistake I would look at and say is when they wanted a king like the world. And God says, I'll give you a king like the world. But he's going to do this. And he, and he took Saul. And Saul was out of what tribe? Benjamin. So this was not the king that was promised to them. God had an other in his mind. But he allowed that one to come first, just like he allowed you to be born with a carnal nature that you still struggle with and I still struggle with, but inside of you is the real. So there's a lot of negative, but there's still a positive in here somewhere, and we need to see it. So now, let's just read 1 Samuel. So here's Saul. Saul is reigning. And and here is David. And David, he's he's come. He's played the harp for Saul. Now he's running from Saul. He's been anointed by Samuel. But let's read David chapter 22. Here is is the kingdom of Judah coming into power. Oh, this will be glorious. Let's just read this. Verse 22, verse 1. David departed thence, and he escaped to the cave Abdullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went hither to him. Now look at who gathered together with David. Judah, the kingdom. Oh, these are great men. Let's read about them. Everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. How would you like to build a church like that? Oh, this is a great church. Look at him. Well, what's your problem? I don't like Saul. What's your problem? I got debts. He says, I- I'm not happy with things. Oh, my goodness. David must have looked and said, what, what is this going on here? What was Matthew 22? There was three calls given. There was a call to those who were invited. There was a call to those who began to make excuses. And finally, go on the highways and byways and find those. And God's going to have a kingdom. God's going to have a kingdom out of the lineage of Judah. But look at how it starts. It doesn't look like it starts. How did your Christian walk start? When you came and you dressed right. And when you had all of your everything right. No, it started when God started dealing with your heart. And you responded by your heart. Even though the outside was nowhere near what it should be. So it said, they gathered themselves unto him, he became a captain over him, and there were with him about 400 men. Now, Brother Branham would make a statement about these men, and they said, even though they had all these issues, they recognized he was a king coming into power. Okay, now let's read about these men and, and some of what happens. Let's go to First Chronicles chapter 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, let's read from verse 1. Now Ziglag was a a place where where David had uh, battle and had to deal with things, but let's read this, verse 1, now these are they that came to David in Ziglag while he yet kept himself close because of Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among them the mighty men, helpers of war, and they were armed with bows. They could use the right hand. They left in hurling stones and shooting arrows out of the bow, even of Saul's brethren of Benjamin. Oh, even some of Saul's political associates gathered to David. Wow, this is amazing. Let's drop down to verse you could read more about all these men, it goes into it. Let's drop down to verse 17. So a bunch of these, let us 16 rather, let's read that. And there came out of the children of Benjamin and Judah to the hold of David. And David went out to meet them, and he answered, said, If you come peaceably to help me in thine heart, then to help me, mine heart shall be knit with you. But if you come to betray me to my enemies... Seeing there is no wrong in my hands, the God of our fathers look therein and rebuke it. Now, these men didn't all submit a resume, and they didn't have lie detector tests, and there was a lot of men that, listen, there's people that gather around the message because they don't like government. That is not what God's calling us to. That might be the start of something, but it has to go beyond that. Kay? So like the message is not just a place where you just are negative on everything. No, there's a positive we're coming to. Amen. So he says, now David, he didn't know who was for him. He's running for his life. And he's, he's, he's just putting, he's, I can't figure it out, but i got a God who's watching over me. And that's the one I'm relying on. Amen. Now after David says that, then the Spirit came upon Amasai, who was the chief of the captains, and he said... Thine are we, David, and on thy side, thou son of Jesse, peace, peace be unto thee, peace unto thine helpers, for thy God helps you. In other words, we're not just gathering politically. We're gathering because we see God in you. And he says... And David received them, and he made them the captains of the band. And there fell some of Manasseh to David. And when he came with the Philistines against Saul to battle, but they helped him not, for the lords of the Philistines, upon advisement, sent, them, sent him away, saying, he will fall to his master Saul to the jeopardy of our king. So the, the enemies looked at David and said, he's not going to survive. They didn't give much hope. Neither did the Christian world give much hope to the message. Ah, uh, this is, that man is dead. He's gone. There's nothing to it. His doctrine was this and this. I'll tell you what, the world can't figure out how the message has grown because it's not William Branham's message. It is the message of God, and it's in every nation, and it's in everywhere. God has established it. It is not man that has done it. And it's the same for this church. It wasn't just Brother Harold's church. Although Brother Harold was a steward over it, but it's still God's church, and he's still watching over it. Now, so I I could read more here. Verse 21, and it talks about these captains of thousands that were of Manasseh. Verse 21, and they helped David against the band of rovers. (laughs) In other words, David had his enemies. For they were all mighty men of valor, and there were captains in the host. And for at that time, day by day, there was come to David to help him until it was a great host like the host of God. Something was being established here. Friends, we're not just building around a man, a personality. We're building around the program of God. And it talks about the numbers of those that came to David, and let's just drop down I could, I could spend time with this. It's really good sometimes to read your Bible and just go through these things and ask, say, Lord, what does all this mean and what is this taking us and, and where is it going? Now, uh, let me, I wanted to pick up, I don't want to read this. I have actually had the whole chapter written, but I don't want to read all the chapter. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go over to second. Let me, rather than read this, let's go over to 2 Samuel chapter 3. 2 Samuel chapter 3. So the Chronicles and Samuel kind of tie together the chronological aspects of this. 2 Samuel chapter 3. So, here is a king from the tribe of Benjamin who is ruling over all of Israel, including Judah. And that is Saul. And he's disobeyed God and the, you know, there, there's, there's things happening around Saul, but it's, it doesn't look very good. It's like the other nations. Israel got what they wanted. But here's another one that's anointed. It's David, and he's running from the presence of, of Saul. And, and now let's read chapter 3, verse 1. And there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David waxed stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. So it was coming into power. Friends, your flesh that drags you down, it's getting weaker and weaker whether we see it or not because that which is inside of us is stronger than what the devil will try to do on the outside. So unto David were these sons born that were in Hebron. So if you you can read this, this is now just, I'm just giving some overviews. This is now David. Some of this is happening after Saul is gone, but I I just want to bring some types and shadows in here. So, let's, let's drop, these are, these are the sons that are born unto David, and, and under his sons, and I want you to look, just because they were born in the message, it didn't mean that they were in the right line, okay? Brother Branham, will my children be saved? Yes, if God has their names written on the Lamb's book of life. You can't put your children on the Lamb's book of life. Only God can do that. You can claim your children. They can be saved, but to put them on the Lamb's book of life, only God can do that. So verse 6, and it came to pass while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David that Abner made himself strong for the house of Saul. So while the kingdom of Go- David was being established, here was the kingdom of Saul and there's a man, a mighty man, he's a general, he's making himself strong and Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of eh- Ai. Now this is actually after Saul had done an Ishbosheth, his son is the king. And and this, this man went unto this, this father's concubine, verse eight, and Abner was very wroth with the words of Ishbosheth. "Am I a dog's head which against Judah do show you kindness this day? Don't you know that I'm standing for you, I'm propping up your kingdom, and you're angry with me? This, this guy is yelling at the king, And he and he, and he, says, and he says, "And you're charging me with a fault." And then verse 9 says, so do God to Abner and more so, except as the Lord has sworn sworn to David, even so do I him to translate the kingdom from the house of Saul and to set the throne of David over Israel and over Judah and from Dan to Beersheba. So now he, he knows, I, I've had this He's, he's a man who's of the house of Saul, but he knows what's promised regarding David, and he says, now, I'm, there's a church split going on, and I'm going to take me and my church, and we're going to go over to the house of David. Right. Wow, what a great premise to build a kingdom on. But look, look at what's happening here. And, and so he's saying this. Okay, where was I? 2 Samuel 3. Okay. And So he's telling us, and he could not answer Abner a word. So now, you find in the preceding chapters that Abner now sends messengers to David and says, hey... I'm bringing my church over. I'm bringing my men over. We're going to join you. We want to make a league. And David said, okay, but you got to do one thing first. Saul took Michael, my, my, my wife, my first wife, and gave her to somebody else. You need to bring her back. And so there's a little thing in here. And he, and he, and he says, and so they took her from, from her husband, and they brought her back to David. And, and you find that her husband was behind weeping because he, she was going back to David. And, like, this is the kingdom of God. <laughs> Friends, if, if, if somebody would tell you, we have these visions sometimes, the book of Acts. Oh, miracles, wonders, signs, healings, raising the dead. Did you know there's another side to the book of Acts? Yeah. Saul, and, 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 and he, he's, he's determined to go this one way, and, and, and uh, who was the brother that was with him? But, and, and he wanted to go another way, and the contention was so great. You mean there was a dispute between the apostle Saul and another minister? Under the book of Acts, yes, there was. Did you know under the book of Acts there was adulteries, there was there was sins, there was other things. But God was establishing his kingdom. I'm, I'm trying to say that we can have confidence no matter what we see on the outside. And so Abner has this communication, verse 17, with the elders of Israel. He says, you sought for David in times past to be a king over you Now then do it, for the Lord has spoken to David. By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people out of Israel. Uh, my people Israel out of the hand of Philiti- Philistines and out of their hand all their enemies. And Abner speaks these words to Benjamin. Abner goes and says it to the, David and it seems good to all of the house of Israel and to the house of Benjamin. And Abner comes to David in Hebron and, and David made Abner and his men there a feast. Now one thing was missing in all of this and it was Joab. Joab, you know, he's, he, he, this, this would be like in, in the war when General Lee, who fought on the side of the, the, the north versus uh, the general who, who was on the side of the south. And it's like one of them would come over and there'd be a competition. Hang on a second. We're competitors and now we've got to work together? Yeah, this, 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 look at what was going. So, so Abner comes, and, 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 and the Bible would actually say in verse 22, Behold, the servants of David and Job were pursuing a troop. They brought in great spoil. But Abner was not with David in Hebron, for he'd gone away, and he was gone in peace. And when Joab and all the host was with them, they told Joab, saying, Abner, the son of Nur has come to the king. He's gone him away. He's gone in peace. And Joab's going, What are you doing? This guy's on the other side, and you're bringing him over here? Like, I'm, I'm trying to bring some points. Just, just hang on. And, and, and don't you know that Abner is such and such? But David said, no. He says, uh, and David says, no, we've received him. We've brought him there. So, so here's now, under the kingdom of David, under the kingdom of David. You can read this in verse 26 or 27. And Abner, he says, hey, um, Joab calls him, hey, come on over here. I, I want to have a little chat with you. And, and it says, and, and Joab took him to the gate to speak with him quietly. And while he was speaking with them quietly, he had a little knife under his belt, and he smote him under the fifth rib. That was a pretty quiet discussion after that. This is under the kingdom of David. Now, Now look at what's happening here. The kingdom's being established, but look at what's happening all around the kingdom. And here, now look at what happens in verse 28. And then David hears about what Joab did, and David said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord forever from the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. He says, let it rest on the house of, on the head of Joab and all his father's house. And let there not fail from the house of Joab, one that has an issue or a leper or leans on his staff and, 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 and did all this. In other words, David is, he's not dealing with the situation right away, but he's allowing God to deal with it in his time. Now, I, I want to bring you back to something in the message. There was a couple of men that had run uh, the church in, pre, in Flagst- no, Prescott. Leo and Jean, who had a very questionable background. And some of the critics of the message, they now come and say, if Brother Branham was a prophet, he would have known the background of these men. And they say, therefore, he wasn't a prophet. Pardon me? Is that any different than David? who knew what Joab did? But yet, David was an example king. David was the one that they all looked to. David, what are you going to do? He says, well, I'm not having anything to do with Joab, but let's just follow this through. And so, in verse 31, And David said to Joab and to all the people, "Rend your clothes, gird you about with sackcloth, and mourn before Abner. And King David himself followed the buyer. So here they're all mourning, and David goes with them. He's showing whose side he's on. Okay? Now they buried Abner in Hebron. The king lifted up his voice. And David, the king, lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool uh, dieth. His hands were not bound. They put his feet in fetters. As a man falls before wicked men, so you fell. And all the people wept over him. Now, this is the kingdom of the lineage of Judah. (laughs) Wow, you didn't expect the service to go this way, right? (laughs) I'm, I'm trying to bring you to something. At the end, God gathers together all that was in the net, and he gathers the fish, but all the other things start to go away. Friends, in the last 10 years, we saw brethren that were sure and steadfast and pillars in churches and ministers and what's happening? They're turning against the message. They're turning against it. Why? I, because they got to fulfill Matthew chapter 13. Amen. And now, listen. Judah represented one twelfth of all of Israel. But I'm talking to you a little bit of what happened with Israel. Okay. I could read more here. I'm trying to be selective. Second Samuel chapter 15. Let's just go to this. If I don't get all of this, I'm, I'm trying to bring some... I want to bring this to a place here today, 2 Samuel 15. Now this is when David is king and Absalom takes his place and David having the heart of a shepherd, he leaves Jerusalem because he doesn't want to see God's house and the people there suffer bloodshed in Jerusalem. So Absalom now, now look at the nature of, you know, if, if you could take David's sums, there was Amnon. Amnon who desired uh, his sister and had a plot to, to have his sister. This was in David's house. Then there was Absalom who gathered together all the men at the gate and, and, and he took the discontented of the army. Now, the discontented came to David, but they also came to Abner, but Abner used them for political gain. And and he says, well, you know, and the army was saying, well, you know, you see what David does? He's not really dealing with sin, you know, and then he said, what would you do, Abner? Well, this is what I would do. And And he's starting to gather the people unto him. But he had to fulfill God's word because God was being just to David for what he did to Uriah. And this is a part of a fulfillment. So, and Absalom, here he, he says, prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man had a controversy, they came to the king for judgment. And Absalom said, of what city are you? Thy servant is such and such. See that their moder- matters are good and right and that there's no man deputed of the king to hear you. He's already circumventing the kingdom. And he's doing it by political means. Look look at what's happening. And Absalom said moreover, oh that I were made a judge in the land and that every man that has a suit would cause might come to me and might do him justice. So we all know what happened. Absalom goes into power. He does this and, and then and he, he brings men and things with him. And, and then he goes to wage war against David. And David... Gives a command, and he tells, tells, tells uh, his man, he says, don't destroy Absalom. And they don't. David's men listened to it. But Joab, who already had a track record. And then they told Joab, where's Absalom? Oh, he's hanging in a tree. Show me. And he says, they showed him. And because he was well acquainted with how to deal with a knife under the fifth rib, he did it again. And look at what David's attitude was. He wept and he cried. See, under Judah, there was always mercy. And when, the, when, when you look at it carnally, you'd say, why isn't this being dealt with? Why isn't this? Why isn't this? You go right back to the lineage of Judah, and Judah, when they sold Joseph into slavery, it was when they sold him, they, they, they actually were going to kill him. Yeah. Simeon and Levi were going to kill him. So it wasn't just what they did at Shechem; It's what they wanted to do to Joseph. And that was representing carnal Israel. Because they killed the prince of life. Amen. Now we would have done the same. Because we, ne- we needed, Christ had to turn from them. And so what was it when they did that? Who interceded for Joseph? It was Judah. And Judah interceded for Joseph and said, don't kill him. That innocent blood comes. Let's sell him instead. And they sold him instead. Now the years pass. And many years David is in, 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 in Pharaoh's house. And so now David sets a trap for them. Uh, the Benjamin has is found with the king's cup. They come. They're all going to be prisoners. And he says, I'm keeping Benjamin. Who intercedes? Judah. And Judah says, oh, don't let this happen. My father's an old man. You're going to break his heart. You're going to do this. Showing that out of Judah, there was going to be a a lineage that wasn't political, that wasn't natural. It was a people that were going to be a spiritual people, kings and priests and intercessors. And look at what David is falling. He's falling under that anointing. But around him, there's others with different anointings. Look at how the kingdom is being established. Okay? Now, i got to move quickly. Now, what was being missed here? Let me just drop this in. What was being missed here, God was giving a space to repent. <laughs> he was giving also, showing what character was of those men under David. Some turned to be loyal and understood. Others took the political route. Joab, different ones. Okay. First Kings chapter 1. Now David is old. This, I'm, I'm, I went ahead and now I'm coming back. David was old, stricken in years and they sought Abishag for him. David didn't know her in the way of his other wives but they, she cherished him. Verse 5. And Adonijah, the son of Haggai, exalted himself and said, I will be king. And he prepared himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. And his father had not displeased him at any time, saying, why have you done so? He was also a goodly man. His mother bare, after, bare him after Absalom. And he conferred. Now look at, he's, he's following a route. He's, he conferred with Joab the son of Zariah, with Abathar, the priest. And then they following Adonijah helped him. So he needed needed a political arm. He needed a militant arm. He needed a religious arm. And so he gathered this together. Friends, what's happening in the last day? What's happening? The powers that gather under the fourth horse rider, there's religious powers political powers, demon powers. They're gathering themselves together at the time the kingdom is coming into its fullness. Now, now here's the continuation of the kingdom of David. And so David is kind of getting ready to pass on. But God has a promise to Judah and David was going to be the model king. So Verse 8, but Zadok the priest and Benaniah the son of Jehoiah and Nathan the prophet and Shimei, not the Shimei of Saul's house, and the mighty men which belonged to David, they were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah slew sheep and they made an offering. Verse 10, but he didn't call Nathan the prophet and the mighty men Solomon he called not. Wherefore, Nathan now comes to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Are you not hearing what's going on here? He's saying, Adonijah is is making himself king, and David doesn't know it. He says, I'm going to give you some counsel that you can save yourself and the life of your son Solomon, and go unto him and tell him, say, Did you not swear to me that Solomon would raise up after me? Now, there's a whole part of this I want to deal with in another service, but he said... And so she went to the king, and she told him what was going on. And finally, um, verse 23, and no, I'll go further, sorry. This, This is happening, and well, the whole thing is, in verse 32, sorry, verse 32. And King David said, call Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiah. And he says, take with you the servants of the Lord. Cause Solomon my son to ride upon my mule and ta- bring him down to Gihon and let Zadok the priest and anoint him and make him king over Israel and blow the trumpet and say, God save King Solomon. And you shall come after him. So now I want you to notice something. So David, the kingdom is coming into power. And here's all of these men that have been under David. And now it's coming into power. And, and as he's coming, David is also now saying they anointed Solomon. I'm not going to read all of this. But you can see they anointed Solomon. They did all of these things. And now it, it's when they, when they hear, verse 45. And they hear this rejoicing that Solomon sitting in the throne of the kingdom, verse 46. And they're blessing Solomon. What happens to all the others in verse 49? Now, Jesus would say, He that is of truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be known. He that is of darkness hides. So look at their attitude. If they were right, they would have had nothing to worry about. But they already had a motive and an agenda that was not right. And so it says all the guests that were with Adonijah were afraid. What did they have to be afraid of? if this was of God. But it wasn't of God. And Adonijah feared because of Solomon. And they told him that he's, he's on, the, on the horns of the altar. And Solomon, now he, Solomon's king. Now this is the progression of the root of David. David, while he was the example king, he was a man of war. He had all these things. But now the kingdom is coming into a higher level. Now, friends, what's missing in the message sometimes is people look at Brother Branham. If Brother Branham was here, he wouldn't have allowed this, and he wouldn't have allowed that, and he wouldn't have allowed that. But they're missing the Holy Ghost. They're missing the Son of Man. They're missing the one that is still with us today. And that's the one that we need to see beyond the carnal of the message. Because I'll tell you this, God is not mocked. And while we may be in a season where there's all of these things rising up, God is also going to make no, Now, This is an example from David to Solomon. From Brother Branham to who? Now, oh, there's lots of people that have jumped on the scene. To who? The, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Elijah of this day. And who is reigning and ruling? And all of these things are happening and going on. Listen, I, let, me, let me just share you something with you. Communion, the last message Brother Branham spoke. The hour is, will soon arise when the Holy Spirit will speak again, like it did in Ananias and Sapphira. That hour is arriving. Why do I say, Let's be in the right channel. Let's check our motives. Let's check our objectives. Let's check the path that we're walking in. Because things are coming together. Out in the world around us, but also within the framework of the message. And he says, remember, God is going to dwell among his people. Ephesian church age, Brother Ram says, Back to purity when Ananias and Sapphira were dealt with. Back to the gate, beautiful. Oh, what a reproach it is to drift from God and countenance whose acts that defile his name. In the message, the world is again falling apart. Brother Ramon says, When we leave the word, we start falling into corruption. Worldliness, wrong paths, wrong channels. But now look at look at this. Now the kingdom is changing. What was permitted under David was going to be dealt with harshly. Not in the way that David as a man dealt with it. You might say, but now God, the God of David, was going to come in a greater way. Listen, people may have... It's amazing to me... Well, let's just read a little bit here. I've got to just finish this and I'll get you out. So now chapter 2 set first kings chapter 2 verse 1 now the days of david drew nigh that he should die now here's david's instruction to solomon i go the way of all the earth be strong therefore and show yourself a man now the story of solomon is amazing and and I, I want Lord willing, just try and bring bring it here just in another service. But Solomon was born of Bathsheba. And and I, I just can't help but think, in God's mind, how could He allow David to kill the wife or the husband of Bathsheba, let that child die, and then out of this union have Solomon? And the only way I can reconcile it or come to it is is that God had Solomon in his mind all the time. And who knows if Uriah would not have died in battle anyway. But David got ahead of the kingdom of God. And in his carnality, he took her for a wife. And he killed Uriah. Oh my friends, we can't. But God had in his mind Solomon all along. And listen, Adonijah knew that. Joab knew that. But they viewed David's com- seemingly complacency when it was really the heart of God for, for those that were under David yeah. to show mercy. What was their beef with David? Uh, you're always showing mercy. You're always. What's with you? Yeah. Yeah. But here is now Solomon. David's telling him, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong. Sh- show yourself a man. Keep charge of the things of God. Verse it tells him what, what was said to to Job, uh, to uh, what happened in the past. Verse five. Now he now he's instructing him. Now Solomon, you know also what Joab, the son of Zariah, did to me. You know what he did to the captains of the host of Israel. Now, if it was if David was a political man, he'd say. They were, we're conservatives and they were Democrats. Don't worry about it. But that wasn't it. Israel was also part of the kingdom. But it started with Judah. And he says, look what they did. He says, now Solomon, look what he did to Abner, to Amasa. Look how he shed blood. Now Solomon, here, verse 6, do according to your wisdom. Don't let his whore head. Go down to the grave in peace. Oh my, this is amazing. And then, but, but David isn't just of judgment. Now he also recognized somebody helped him. He said, now the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite, the Gileadite, those that eat of the table, they came to help me when I fled from Absalom. Be kind to them. Oh, and you know this guy Shimei? Shimei, this is in in verse 8, remember him that cursed me and when I told Joab, don't use the sword against him? It's not the season yet. What did Jesus come? He said, speak a word to me, the Son of Man, it'll be forgiven you. But when the Holy Ghost comes, when he comes into power and the fullness of, of the atonement is here, don't speak against that. So there's a progression of the kingdom going here. And now he says, now, you know what this this Shimei guy did? He said, he says, I swear by the Lord that I wouldn't put him to death, but you know what? When I die, he says, my oath, he's like, I I, I won't get into all this, but you know what he did? Listen, you're a wise man. (laughs) You know what ought to have been done. Don't let his whore head, his, his gray head, go down to, uh, bring it down to the grave with blood. He says, let it, let it cut, going. and now David falls asleep, and David reigned over Israel 40 years, then sat Solomon on the throne, and the kingdom was established greatly. Now look at, look at what happens here. And Adonijah comes one day. I'm just, I'm just about, I'm going to just paraphrase all this. He comes, this is all part of chapter two. And he says, hey, i to Bathsheba. Hey, um, you know uh, that that um, that that Abishag, the Shunammite. You know what? She she David didn't have her. The kingdom really should have been mine, but it was given to Solomon. You know, I just got one little thing I want. Okay, what do you want? And he says, "Give me this Abishag." And and Bathsheba says, "Okay, I'll speak to the king." Now, first of all, why did he approach Bathsheba instead of David? <laughs> Look, look, why did he do that? Why? There's something not right here. When you see somebody approach, who started this in the beginning? It was Satan who approached Eve, and he did not approach Adam. But this Eve will not fall, and Bathsheba, being a type of that, no, I don't have the answer, but I'm going to bring it to Solomon. Solomon. And so Solomon now, he comes, and, and she tells Solomon, and, and she says, this is what he's asking for, verse 22. And Solomon said, why does he ask for Abishag? Why didn't he just ask for the kingdom right away? And he said, and he said he's my elder brother. And, and for Abathar, the priest, and for Joab, like he knows what's going on here. And, and listen, watch what starts to manifest here. Friends, we're living in a time, it's manifesting time. Amen. Stay in the right channel. Amen. Keep your motive. Keep your objective poor. Keep, keep it true to God. And so now, he says, this day, Adonijah is going to be put to death. And he goes after him. He sends Benaniah, you know, with the standard line, fall on him. And so... And so he did that, and then he says, And now go to Abathar the priest and tell him, You're worthy of death, but I won't do it at this time because you bear the ark. Look at the discernment of Solomon. He didn't just wage this politically, there was discernment how he did these things. And Solomon, verse 27, he thrust out Abathar from being priest unto the Lord. And what he didn't know is he was fulfilling Scripture by the Spirit that he might fulfill the word of the Lord that he spoke concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. Now, all of this is going on, and here's Joab merrily out his way, and he hears the news, hey, that Adonijah is dead, that Abathar has been thrust out. Joab should have nothing to worry about. But when he hears the news, where does he run? To the horns of the altar. Why? Because he knew that what was in him was not clean. Here I am, Lord. Examine my heart. Examine my, my thoughts. Listen, this might be simple today, but we're coming into a time where our thoughts become deeds and our deeds will set us into a path. I say keep your heart clean. Keep my heart clean, Lord. And Joab fall, fled to the tabernacle, and Benaniah came and fell on him, and, and it fulfilled what was, was happening. Now, let me just take one or two more scriptures, and, oh my, did, is it after 12? Okay, just, just hang, it says after 11, sorry. No, it's 12. Okay. I'm the same guy that read from Daniel 12, and I should have been in two. So, if I get something wrong. <laughs> let, me, let me just go a little further in, in chapter 2. So, what about Shimei? Verse 36, and the king says, Shimei, you build a house in Jerusalem and you dwell there and go not forth from there. Why? Because there's cities of refuge and I'm allowing you a city. That was, that was I'm allowing it in Jerusalem. But be aware that the day you cross over the brook, that's the day you die. In other words, keep your enemies closer to you that you may know what they're doing. And Shimei said, hey, no problem, king. Thank you for your mercy. You're a good guy. Da, da, da. So at the end of three years, verse 39, a couple of servants of Shimei run away. And Shimei says, they're in Gath. So he he got up. He didn't remember. He didn't think. And he crosses the brook. And he goes. And it's told Solomon that Shimei is gone. And he says, hey, Shimei, come on in here. I'm going to talk to you. Didn't you tell me that you would not go abroad and that you would die. And he says, look what you've done. You've gone, you've not kept the oath of the Lord. You're living, there's an oath. And he says, the commandment I charge with you, I know the wickedness is in your heart. So everything will manifest itself. Time is going on. It doesn't look like, why isn't God coming? There's thing, Everything's coming to manifestation. Let's just go... Oh my. Let's go First Kings. Oh, First Kings chapter 3. I just need to pull this one out. Okay, so Solomon. Now it's not just Solomon king coming up there and saying, hey, David was my dad and I get to be king. My dad's bigger than your dad. That wasn't what he said. The real father was the Holy Spirit, Was was, was the Lord in heaven. So now things start to happen that God establishes the kingdom. So he says here, and, and, and they're, they're having, I'll finish with this, and, and they're, they're coming in, in chapter 3, verse 16, there came to him two women, which were harlots unto the king, and, and they had two children, and one died, and, and now Solomon is coming, and he's asked to give judgment, and as he gives judgment, and you know the story, it's all here, and, and it says, and he's giving judgment, and then he, he discerns the thoughts of and the intense. He also understands the heart of a true mother. He understands the one that would be lying. And, and by the manifestation of their character, they betray who they are. And he says, give me the living child. I'll slay it. And, he, and, and the one who said, no, no, give it to the other. Okay, you're the real mom. I'm giving it back to you. And verse 28. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged And they feared the king, for they saw the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. Okay, musicians can come. There's a part I need to carry on next week, but I want to talk on the bloodline of Judah. But do you see where we're at, friends? Oh, Brother Branham isn't here, and people rise up. He meant this, he said this, and no problem speaking against it. I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit's still here. God is still here. I say, we need to honor and respect. Oh, well, you might say, well, you know, things are loose. Be careful. Let's not go on those grounds. The kingdom is coming higher and higher and higher all the time. Brother Adam would say this in, in a message, and I just will conclude it with this. We're here in a negative form. There's a positive somewhere. He says, now, You and I act together no matter how much he anoints me. He's got to anoint you. It's got to be both negative and positive. And he says, now, Wesley, Luther, all of them, God used that as a process. But he says, now it's the baptism of the Holy Ghost coming to the last coming of Christ Not of just the queen, but the king of heaven that represents himself. The church has got to become closer into the minority, like a pyramid. The ministry has to be the same kind of ministry that he had. The message. What do you think of the message? Oh, there's this, there's this, there's this. Oh, no, it's perfect. And and there's all kinds of things around. In the middle of it all, God's got a kingdom that's coming up. Don't let the devil... Take your confidence away. Don't look at what just your eyes see. Look at what the word of God says. Look at the types of the lineage of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David. He displayed himself back there. He cannot break the types. And we're living here in a time when it's the fulfillment of all the types. Let's stand together. I don't know if I brought that out the way I could have. But I trust that you, you, you catch some of it. I always have been blessed by, by seeing these things in the Bible and knowing that the God of the Bible is still the God that's here today. And he, He's going to be the one that's going to rule and reign. He's the one that's going to be there. He's going to take care of this bride. He's going to take us and bring us to the place we ought to go. Well, anyway, I don't know what I'm going to sing now. <laughs> Came to a place. Oh, Let's, let's, let's sing... Let's sing, I shall not be moved. I, I feel like we touched on that. And I, I feel like saying, you know what? I believe the message is true. I don't care what's happened around the message. You know, you could have looked at the kingdom of David and you would have thought, you got Joab, you got Abner, you got Amnon, you got, you got all these other things all around you. But yet God had his eyes. He had his eyes on Jacob when Jacob was running. But, and, and Esau looked like Esau had a greater part. But yet the anointing was with Jacob. The anointing we have, friends, it is on the bride today. I say, let's rest in that. That's what he said. Okay, you help me, Brother Mario.
1: Jesus is my Savior. I shall not be moved. It is love and favor. I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the wall. That's planted by the waters, Lord, I shall not be moved. In my Christ abiding, I shall not be moved. In his love I'm hiding, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters. trust him ever I shall not be moved he will fail me never I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the waters.
0: question. You come along in the message. Lots of water has gone under the bridge, Brother Lynn. Lots of water. Have you ever been disappointed? Yeah. Disappointed by those you walked with? Yeah. Disappointed in yourself? Yeah. That's a big one. I thought when I get baptized, you know, there was the disciples. They were walking on the road Uh, On the road of what we call Emmaus. And they were laying out their disappointment. We thought that he was the one that was going to do this. But what they didn't know was, although it looked like the kingdom was going into decline, it was now coming into power. We thought, friends, we can't just look with natural eyes. If we look at one another with natural eyes, I'll tell you what, all we're going to do is pick on each other. But if we can see the kingdom of God coming into power. Let's pray for the Holy Ghost. Let's pray for him. That when we come to the climax and the showdown, that we'll be ready. That we won't have to be checking up. That, you know, there's a... it, It seems like things have lingered. And the Bible says in Matthew 25 five wise, five foolish. And the scripture says they all slumbered and slept. They all. But the cry came up, the bridegroom comes. And there was a group at that time realized, we don't got what it's got. We need. We need oil. And the wise said, we only got enough for ourselves. Go and buy. Let's, let's be filled up now. Let's not let this, this might sound familiar let's not let bitterness in our hearts oh I, I've come to the waters of Marah and I we thought we left Pharaoh and we thought surely but remember there's a sweetness that comes out of Calvary there's a sweetness when you come in prayer no matter how you've been hurt, how you've done wrong look at David he had Joab he had these men, he had his sons Do you think David had disappointment? But the Bible said even his own men talked of stoning him. What did David do? He went into prayer and he encouraged himself in the Lord. Oh, let's have an anchor. Let's have a place. I know know in whom I have believed. I shall not be moved. Though these things are happening all around us, we also know that the God of heaven has set to his seal that this message is true. And we're honest. We see the good, the bad, and the ugly around it all. But in the middle of it, in the middle of Israel, there was the tribe of Judah that had a promise. In the middle of the message, there's a bride, there's a people that will come out and she will be perfect. She will be pure. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe you're one of them? Let's sing these last few verses. Start with with verse 7. Though all hell assail me, I shall not be moved.
1: Though all hell assail me, I shall not be moved. Jesus, not fail me, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the wall. I shall not be moved on the rock of ages. I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by. That's planted by the water.